When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. And we're live. This is so unique for us because... A year ago with the Sooner Sports Podcast, Toby, we were sitting in a room that's right, right over there on a red couch with a bunch of boxes and everything. And now we're live on Facebook, Twitter, Soonersports.tv, and we have to be official, which means we had to wear polos. We've taken it up a notch. We've even got cartoon characters. Look at that. My head's over your head gotta, and your head's over my head. We've got we to gotta fix that yeah. next time. We have a producer. This is big time. Meg McDonald is producing the show. She'll jump in when She's we get fantastic. the good questions. She's, I mean, she put me in line. Did you hear right before if we got started? the podcast has video, is it still a podcast or is it? I liked your idea. It's a vodcast. Is it a vodcast at that point? We've got a new era of vodcasting. So uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever you might be consuming today, or even this will drop as well as part of the Sooner Sports Podcast at Soonersports.com slash podcast first thing on Tuesday morning if you missed the video side of it or if you just can't take our mugs. Uh, we got a lot to get to. So we want to hear from you if you have questions, comments, thoughts. We'll dive into them. We'll go in depth. Is anybody else doing this? And no Is one Notre else on the Dame planet. doing this? Is no. Florida or Nebraska or Texas or anybody live podcasting, vodcasting? Meg, Google search. Get everyone on it. We got to find out if Are we're we breaking Are we trendsetting right now? I think we're trendsetting every time we turn on the microphone. I like that idea. With you. I like that idea. How was the offseason? It was good. Um, a lot of staycation time, <laughs> but uh, rested and ready to go. I, I'm, you know, you, you hit that point where you're like, holy cow, the season's coming too quick. And then about mid-August, I'm raring to go. And so I'm, I'm itching now. I've seen Miami and Florida, and that doesn't seem fair. They've got to play football, and we haven't. So I can't wait for Sunday to get here. The most fascinating thing about the week zero, or for high school fans, zero-week reaction, is how people complain about, Oh, the football is just sloppy. they got to kill zero a week. And I think to myself, if these teams would have played yeah. a week later, 
it still would have been sloppy. I'm perfectly, Only you could have turned to another game. I'm perfectly fine with somebody else being sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a pretty football game, but as long as it's not Oklahoma being sloppy, I'm fine with it. We will be on the air at 4.30 on the Sooner right. Radio Network for the 6.30 kick as the Palace on the Prairie will be painted white with the whiteout. And among the many changes that have taken place with this team this year, uh, we still don't know the starters, which I know for you is a little bit struggling mm -hmm. as far as a depth chart is concerned. And in our Did five, you see top, what Dana said? I, I, I apparently Dana was ready to release a depth chart. Right. And then lo and behold, when he found out that Oklahoma wasn't releasing theirs, yeah. that's whenever he stopped and said, "We're not releasing ours." So, which is just the greatest news in the world. For a play-by-play -play guy. Yeah. And maybe we should let people... You build these spotter boards that help you in calling the game. Right. And these aren't something on a small... I don't know why... On a small piece of paper like this. These are a massive way to help you and your spotter, Greg Blackwood. We will overcome. call the info. I, we will overcome. This is not... Um, you know, we're not trying to send a man to the moon here. But no. usually we get a roster or a depth chart on Monday and you have all week to put it together. <laughs> so this will be interesting if, if we don't get one until Thursday or Friday. But it's not the end of the no, world. No, no, it's not. We'll but be th fine. There is one area, and we're going to – five topics is what we're going to do every single Monday live here on the show and kind of go next week looking back on a game, maybe looking ahead a little bit to South Dakota State. Following, I mean, we could go through the whole schedule. How was your summer? You asked me my summer. I, I was rude. I didn't ask you. How I didn't you? do anything. Okay. We went camping. Do you know how awful camping is? <laughs> I, the, the people that talk about loving camping, I mean, I just I can't do it. It wasn't I, in your wheelhouse. It wasn't in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I mean, I, I need myself some AC. I yeah. need myself. Uh, you don't yeah. strike me as a camping. I, I'm not a camper, but my family <laughs> loved it. My wife loved it. But it, it was oh, sorry, it was well ahead. worth. You were saying it. something a, important. No, and and I tried to golf a lot, but I'm really bad at it. So my first thing is to get over to uh, Ryan Hibble and have him fix my swing so I can overthink it. Anyway, yeah. five things we're going to talk about: okay. looking ahead to a game or looking back on it. Obviously, with this week, we don't have a game to recap, and the season is long gone, and it's a whole new look. Uh, but we're not going to talk specifically about Jalen Hurts and our five things. So that means the one area you can sharpie in on your, on your spotter boards is quarterback, and it's going to be Jalen Hurts right now. And I know that a lot of people were surprised whenever they saw that Jalen Hurts wasn't named the starter right away. Lincoln Riley thrives uh, on competition. I think everyone stepped up their game from Spencer Radler to Tanner Mordecai as well, too. But I, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm excited to see sure. Jalen Hurts in a Sooner uniform. Yeah, I, um, I think we all are. It is fascinating. It will be fascinating to see just what Oklahoma has in Jalen Hurts on Sunday night. And, and really, it will be something that I think extends maybe even until the Texas game before we know for sure. Um, there is not a more experienced quarterback in America. There maybe is not a more mature, respected quarterback in America. His leadership skills are through the roof. What he did at Alabama, not just on the field, but maybe almost as impressively or more so off the field when he lost his starting job is fantastic. I think he is the number one storyline in all of college football going into this year. But what he was asked to do at Alabama and what Lincoln Riley has asked his quarterbacks to do the last couple of years, vastly different. Yeah. Vastly different. He ran a uh, conservative, hand the ball off a lot, make short passes, don't mess it up offense at Bama because they had such a great running game. 
and such a great defense, the number one defense or two defense in America. That's not what Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield did. It's a pinball machine, light up the scoreboard offense here, throw it all over the yard. So, one, is he equipped to do that? Right. We'll see. I think the spring game was a good indication that, you know, he's a better passer than people realize, but it was the spring game. And two, how will Lincoln then mold what he does around Jalen Hurts? Does the offense look a little different this year because his skill set is different? The, the good news for Jalen is he has maybe the best collection of skill position talent in America, certainly among the top three or four. C.D. Lamb and Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks and Grant Calcaterra, and I could name 15 guys, the five-star freshman, Austin Stogner, Lee Morris, Marcus Major apparently has looked great, on and on and on. So uh, it's got to be satisfying and comforting to know he's got a whole bunch of guys who are dangerous to give the ball to and to throw the ball to. We're off to a fantastic start on the comments. My mom has commented boomers, so we have to fix that. <laughs> Mom. Boomers uh, with an S. Boomers with an S. Okay. Uh, we, That's we gotta Woodward's work, nickname. We got to work on that. Yeah. But no, in all seriousness, if you have a question, a comment, anything you want us to get into, we'll definitely do it on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter. I believe we're at OU underscore athletics on Twitter and uh, at Soonersports.tv. So what do you say? We get after it. We'll answer all your questions a little bit later your on. Your cartoon is a little pale. I know. You look you're, like you could use some sun. You're tanned. Uh -huh. You're very tanned uh -huh. on everything right now. All right, let's hit our five big topics that we'll okay. talk about heading into this weekend. We'll start first and foremost with what I think many people have as their biggest question heading into 2019, and that is the defense. Specifically, what will Speed D look like? Now, we just came from covering the press conference. Uh, I talked to Neville Gallimore. I asked him that question, and he said it's, it's just basically getting after it. It's guys that are passionate. Uh, passionate, energetic, ready to go make a play. What do you think Speed D looks like, and how's it going to be different? Well, we have, a, um, uh, I think, a pretty smart game plan anytime a defensive question comes up. Go ahead. We've got a guy named Teddy Lehman <laughs> who is on our radio crew, and, and you might have heard of him. He won a, a Butkus and a Bednarik Award. And I've talked to Teddy about this uh, today and, and a lot. Um, and so I'll just kind of echo what, what his opinion of what Speed D is. It's not so much a scheme as it is a mindset. I don't think you describe Speed D by starting to put X's and O's on the board. It's an aggressive mindset, an, a mindset that regardless of what we line it up in, regardless of what the offense runs on this play, we're going to have 11 guys fly into the football. It's very much an effort-based mindset. I think they want to create more turnovers. They want to create more negative plays. But more than anything, they want to just fly to the football. What you will notice differently, I think, is up front. Um, we have already noticed Neville Gallimore and Dylan Famatau are significantly different looking people. They look great. They both have lost 30 plus pounds. And that's not on accident. That's because what they're going to be asked to do now is different than what they were asked to do a year ago. They're not just eating up space in the middle now. They intend to get upfield with all three or four guys. Most of the time, it'll be three down linemen and either a, an, an extra defensive end or an outside linebacker in a stand-up position, and they are going to get upfield. You'll see late shifting, I think, on the defensive line. You'll see games played on the defensive line, twists and stunts 
all in an effort to confuse the offensive line and to get into the backfield. It's not a hold your ground anymore it is, and just kind of clog things up. It is get into the backfield and cause chaos. And if they are being effective with speed D, you're going to see the quarterback a lot more uncomfortable in the pocket. Like, there's the natural concern about, all right, we're slimming up. Does that mean we're going to get pushed around? Right? Sure. You, are, are we getting these guys fitter but also losing some of that strength? And I, I loved it. Alex Grinch's consistent reaction to that because I think it's natural and he said you know we did this in Missouri in the SEC this is what we've always kind of demanded of our defensive linemen and I, I get these are spring game highlights that we're watching right now for those on dot TV or on Facebook but they, they were in the backfield most of the days and you know, most of the plays I guess I should say and when you have that speed and you're getting off the ball so quickly you're able to affect the passer which will get us to point number two here in just a second but I did want to add I also think speed D is going to be a lot of guys trying to strip the football. Sure. I, I, think this, I think this is going to be a team that's going to be going after the yeah. football quite a bit. They're going to try to force as many as every defense. That'll does. be, you know, when you're statistically looking at are they better than they were a year ago, right. you're going to look at, at how many points they gave up, how many yards they gave up. I, the number one stat I think Alex Grinch and, and Lincoln Riley want you to look up is how many turnovers are we forcing. Right. And that's the indication that they're being successful. So – the biggest. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you go from just asking what the speed deal will look like, then wondering, all right, we, we brought up the slight nature now of some of the defensive linemen with their impressive weight loss and their commitment with Benny Wiley in the weight room. Toby, what now do we see or who do we see as the guy that's able to get after the passer? And I'll, yeah. I'll say one name that I know a sure. lot of people are excited about, and that's Jalen Redman, mm -hmm. who ended up missing a majority of last season with uh, some in, in, injury issues. And yet, he's got everything you could possibly want in a pass rusher. He's an intriguing guy, uh, so raw. When we saw him in just snippets last year, he just wrecked havoc on defenses. Um, he's back. He's at full practice. Uh, if he is able to go full speed and completely healthy, he's going to be a difference maker for them. Ronnie Perkins is the first name that comes to mind. He had five sacks a year ago as a freshman. He's going to be, I think, the first guy out there, the starting defensive end, who they're going to ask to try to get to the quarterback. But you know, they're going to play a lot of bodies, and Lincoln Riley was asked at his press conference about the defensive line. He said, that's the position group I'm most excited to see play because we are so talented and we are so deep. Uh, Kenneth Mann is a guy who's played a bunch of football. He was a captain for this team a year ago. I think he's going to be asked to try to get to the quarterback. I think you're going to see a guy like a John Michael Terry, who's an outside linebacker that will step up and be in a pass rush position as well. Um, and then, like, you know, to go back to question number one, it's not just going to be the outside guys. I mean, Oklahoma, back in the Tommy Harris and Dusty Dvorak days and on and on, had tackles that were able to beat their man, get up the field, either because the ends forced the quarterback to step up or by just sheer determination were able to bull rush their way to the quarterback. So I think they expect the pressure to come not just from the ends, but from multiple points on that defensive line. You know, it, it, it's funny. We'll always try to find somebody, and instead of just looking at a guy who had been there and made plays before, I fall into this trap as well. All right, who's the new? Who's going to be the guy that, that maybe just got on campus or a four- or five-star recruit that's going to make a diff, be a difference maker? And we forget about people like John Michael Terry. And, and I'm glad you mentioned him because I've kind of called it almost the, the oboe role and not 
that he's able to get out to the passer, but it's a guy that's been in the program for a couple of years that has developed, maybe didn't play a ton in his first few seasons, then out of nowhere you look three, four games in and you realize this dude's making every single play, right? Uh, Curtis Bolton falls into that mix as well, too. Nobody, even at this point last year, was talking about, why am I yelling? Nobody at this point <laughs> last year was talking about Curtis Bolton as being an every-down kind of player. And lo and behold, he became a superstar for the Sooners. And if he can stay healthy, he might start for the Green Bay Packers this year. So I love it whenever I see guys like John Michael Terry, who have been in the program for a while. And not only are they being talked about a lot, but look like they're going to get an opportunity and maybe he's in a in a more comfortable position but but to contradict myself Lincoln Riley did seem kind of excited about what do you call them the the youngsters that might get an opportunity yeah. to I play think Aguebu and Wete are going to find themselves on the field with an opportunity to uh, to make some plays um, you know we'll see how much the, the back to John Michael Terry for a second and anytime we we talk about a 918 guy, 918 baby let's his go his eyes light up but he's from a Victory Christian, 6'3", 233. So that's an outside linebacker who is rangy, long arms, bat down passes, get to quarterbacks. He's not – he doesn't have the uh, Eric Stryker body built. Now, that nothing – I mean, I wish we had another Eric Stryker. Absolutely. This isn't a little guy. This is a six foot three rangy outside linebacker who I think will – We'll get an opportunity to be a, a pass rusher for these guys, too. All right, so there's a couple of defensive topics, Toby. Let's shift to the offensive side of the football. And in every interview that I've done on a radio show or anything of that nature, there's always this constant question, and it is, how will the offense change with Jalen Hurts? And I don't know if some people suddenly expect the Sooners to, to run the veer or the wing tee or suddenly start running That'd the wishbone, awesome. yeah. which would be pretty cool. But in all reality, I, I don't think it changes much, if at all. But if there's one thing we've learned from Lincoln Riley is he's always adapted things. I, sure. I'm old enough to remember when people were worried when Lincoln Riley came here because he didn't have a fullback on his East Carolina roster. And they were worried that the Royal us, all of us, were worried that he might not run the ball as much as he should. And he's developed Oklahoma with a very solid power running game. So I think he's always been able to adjust to things and cater things to the talent that he has. It's adaptable. But they're going to stay true to their core concepts, right? I mean, this is still a team that's going to take shots on you and not be afraid to throw the ball around. I was listening to a, a national uh, satellite radio show, not one you were on recently. <laughs> and um, the host, who I will keep nameless, was an SEC guy. Oh, no. And he was saying that he's high on Oklahoma this year, more so than in years past because now they have an athletic quarterback to run the Lincoln-Riley offense. An, an athletic quarterback. Did he watch last year? <laughs> Poor Kyler Murray was yeah. just... It's too uh, bad he wasn't much of an athlete. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know the answer to this question. The question is, how's the offense going to look different under Jalen Hurts? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I know that he's a really good athlete. And he's more of a freight train than a Corvette when he gets in the open field, like Kyler was. But all you have to do is look at the, uh, you know, the game-winning touchdown against Georgia in the SEC championship game last year to see. I mean, he can fly. When he gets in the open field, he covers a lot of ground. He's got long legs. He's tough to bring down. He's, he's a big body. So I think they'll take advantage of that. I mean, I think you'll definitely see Jalen Hurts involved in the run game. As far as how the passing game adapts, 
that just depends on what he's capable of doing. And, and that's not something, that's not information we're privy to <laughs> right now. Uh, I don't know how well he throws the deep ball compared to Baker and Kyler. I don't know how well he throws the 20-yard out compared to those guys. So uh, very much so, the passing tree, I think, will adapt around his um, abilities and the abilities of the guy he has around him. There is not Hollywood Brown on this team. Right. Who was the biggest deep threat in college football a year ago. I feel confident that they've got deep threats. I think they got guys who can fly. I'm not sure that we'll ever see a guy as fast as Hollywood Brown in a Sooner uniform again. So that in and of itself might change the offense a little bit. How well does that offensive line block? Does it take them half the season to mold and develop? If they can't protect him for a, a long period of time, does that mean the quick passing game becomes more prevalent? Um, all those, I think, or maybe they're they're not as good of a run-blocking offensive line, or maybe they're better than a year ago. <laughs> so there's just so many variables there that we don't know until we see them on the field. And quite frankly, I don't think even Lincoln Riley knows and would admit to that at this point. He knows Jalen's good at this and his offense is good at this, but until he sees how they come together and they face live bullets, we don't really know. I think it'll look slightly different, but probably not drastically. Let's segue to that other big offensive question and it's involving big dudes, and that is the offensive line. Cody Ford, Bobby Evans, probably going to start in week one in the NFL. Drew Samia, Ben Powers, probably going to start week one in the NFL. You graduate four guys to the NFL. Creed Humphrey might end up being the best of all of them. He's back to start at center, but for Bill Bill Biedenboe, a whole new line to shape here with four new offensive line starters. Yeah, and maybe... One of the reasons we don't have a depth chart is because that isn't solidified yet. I mean, Lincoln said there are some spots that there are still battles going on, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if the offensive line has a couple of those spots in it. I think, uh, well, we know this. We know they got one of the best centers in America, and we know that they're going to be massive. Whoever they put out there, I mean, these guys are, I mean, look at those bodies. They are Beast. huge. Beast. So um, I think... You know, I think we're going to see Adrian Ely at a tackle. I think we're going to see Marquise Hayes at a guard. I think you got a pretty good chance to see the, the grad transfer, R.J. Proctor in the starting lineup somewhere. Um, maybe a Tyrese Robinson or a Finley Felix. But uh, exactly what positions they're in and who starts has been changing as far as, you know, Bill Biedenboe said as much, that he's been experimenting with guys on different sides of the line or at guards or at tackle. This is an experiment that will carry into the season. Um, I would be shocked if the five guys that run out there Sunday night for the opening drive are the same five guys in the same five spots that start against Texas in the Cotton Bowl. 18 offensive linemen on the roster. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty incredible. And of those, uh, all of them are now our Bill Beanbow guys. You know, Bill's been here for a while, and he's our, he's our guest on Coach's Corner this week. So, We'll get some answers. Just to ask him who the starting lineup right. is, and, and I'm sure he'll he'll give it to sure. us. Right? But there is one thing that he's been consistent. And R.J. Proctor talked about this in one of the early practice avails. Is Virginia's offensive line coach was, I guess you could say, from the Bill Biedenboe school, to where everyone learned everything. And I think that's one of the coolest things. Is if you're in that offensive line room, the Bill Biedenboe, and your right tackle, you don't just know what the right tackle is supposed to do. You better know what the right guard, and you're going to learn what the right guard does. Understand what the center is seeing. Left guard, left tackle. You are taught to learn everyone and understand everyone's responsibility, which I think helps build would the term be cohesion, 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 cohesion yeah. between the group and bring them all together. So, 
I think it's a good. I think it's a really good point. Uh, Coach has he's he's got to trust you to get you out there, and I think he's not afraid to move guys around. Not at all. Bill Biedenbo knows what he's doing. This this offensive <laughs> line is going to be good. The funniest thing in all the questions during the off season, whenever you hear either if it's if it's hot take Warriors or whatever it might be, I kind of raise my hand and be like, "Yo, it's Lincoln Riley who's making this quarterback decision. Right. It's Bill Biedenbo whose offensive line won a Joe Moore award. They've been back to back fourteen playoff performers. I think they kind of got don't, this thing figured out. Maybe d- a little don't bit. Don't you love it when a, a, a writer <laughs> in New York City who covers the Yankees on a regular basis is questioning how Lincoln Riley handles his quarterbacks? Right. Exactly. I'm just I'm randomly right. pointing an example. I'm like, if any coach in America has earned the right for us not to question how he uses his quarterbacks, it's the guy that won the last two Heisman trophies Absolutely. and had number one picks. And I would put Bill Biedenbo like right behind that. I mean, what he has done with OU on the offensive line the last few years. Really, there should be no second guessing. That guy knows what he's doing. Final question of the podcast is a very simple one. As we get set for Sunday night, 6.30 kick. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network at 4.30. Let's talk about Dana Holgerson's team, the Houston Cougars. Dana at Morgantown with West Virginia had had some success against Oklahoma, has never beaten them as a head coach, and comes in with a very talented dual-threat quarterback in Derek King. They've got some playmakers. He seemed to be pretty critical of the way his team was handling physical practices early on in camp, but... I mean, it's, it's always a, a problem with the Dana Holgerson coach team. He knows how to get his, guy, uh, get his guys ready, and they've got a dynamic quarterback. Yeah, De'Aaron King can play. Last year, they were outstanding on offense, struggled on defense. Uh, and now they have lost Ed Oliver off of that defense. So there's big-time questions about them going into the year on the defensive side of the ball. They bring in a new defensive coordinator, what they're going to run scheme-wise, how they're going to play, how talented they are defensively. We don't know. They gave up 37 points a game a year ago on that side of the ball. But – the offensive side of the ball, they were outstanding. They averaged 37 points a game. I mean, they averaged over 40 points a game. They were top 10 in the country on offense. And they got this Derek King guy at quarterback who, before he got hurt at the end of the season, was putting up Heisman contending caliber numbers. 36 touchdown passes, six interceptions. He had 14 touchdowns on the ground. So he had 50 total touchdowns and only six interceptions a year ago. He is going to throw a lot of zone read option, I think. At, uh, at Oklahoma's defense, he is very quick, and he's got a strong arm. So right out of the blocks, Alex Grinch's guys are going to get a <laughs> stiff test from a guy who can hurt you with both his legs and his arm. He's got arm. He's got uh, Which maybe would be he'll impressive throw, throw with both. Patrick Mahomes does it. Uh, he's, uh, he's got some receivers coming back that are talented. And then Kyle Porter, who used to play at Texas, transferred to Houston, running back. And, uh, and he's a really good player as well. So offensively, they're good. Th- this will be one of the better offensive teams that Oklahoma plays this year. And I, I bet you Alex Grinch wishes they could tiptoe into the season a little more than this because they know what they're doing on that side of the ball. Now, you bring in Dana Holgerson. So philosophically, schematically, how much do they change what they did a year ago? I don't think a lot. I think what Houston did on offense and what Dana did on offense at West Virginia are pretty close, not drastically different. They'll, they want to throw it. They're going to they're gonna be balanced, but they're going to spread you out. So I think you got a pretty good idea what he wants to do on that side of the ball. So there's five keys or at least questions or at least thoughts or at least storylines that we'll be keeping tabs on or at least, 
I don't know, keeping an eye on as we kick this thing off on Saturday. We're going to watch the game. Did I say Saturday? Yeah, Sunday, actually. Sunday. Yeah. All right, so one of the main reasons we wanted to be able to do this live on Mondays is to get interaction from you. So let's hit up Facebook. Meg McDonald has rolled through and picked up some of the best questions. Here we go. Question from John Kennedy and Kayla Ray. They want to know, what's the kicking situation look like? Are we going to have to learn how to say the name Burkich this there's year? A lot, there's a lot of consonants. I can tell you that with the kicking game. Uh, I think Reeves Munchau is going to be the punter, and probably Gabe Burkich is going to be the place kicker. And uh, he's a big kid. He doesn't look anything like Austin Seibert, 6'2", 6'3", Ooh. big leg. I don't know that that's been solidified yet because every time Lincoln is asked about that, he says Burkich's name first, but then he says he's, he's been in a battle with Caleb Sutherland as well, who is a, uh, maybe a guy with not quite as big of a leg but, but pretty accurate. But I would, I would imagine... Burkich will be the first guy out there when it comes to kickoffs and, and field goal tries, and Munchau will be the punter. In the return game, the other side of special teams. Which I always forget about. Yeah, I mean, you're set. I mean, C.D. Right. Lamb was a, a very reliable punt returner who made some plays a year ago. You trust his hands more than anything. And uh, Trey Brown's one of the fastest guys in America. I, I, I think... If he's healthy, he'll be the first guy out there to get a shot. But they got a lot of options at kick return. And I think kick coverage is going to be something to keep an eye on, too, because yeah. Austin Seibert would constantly put it through the back of the yeah. end zone. All right, two more questions to get to, then we'll wrap this bad boy up. Uh, this is one of my favorite types of questions because it allows us to get into scheduling. And the question is very simple. Could Oklahoma go undefeated this season from Eric Grigsby? Can yes. OU go undefeated? Absolutely. They what can. do you expect me to get on here and say No. <laughs> It's the Sooner Sports <laughs> Podcast, for Pete's sake. Yeah, I mean, you look at the like the, the regular season schedule right now, I think you favor Oklahoma in every game, at least as of right now. Right. We'll see when they get to Texas and what's happened, but uh, they're capable of, of running the table. That doesn't mean they will. You never know what injuries look like or the bounce of the ball or whatever, but they're capable of winning every game on their schedule. They're certainly capable of winning a Big 12 championship, and then – We'll see who's standing at the end. But the, the short answer to that question is yes, Oklahoma's capable of winning them all. Scariest game, November 16th at Baylor. Um, I don't know why that game scares me so much. Baylor this season, they have a lot of big Matt games done at home. Impressive things. Charlie Brew is a good quarterback. And then the final question on the Sooner Sports Podcast is a good one from Debbie Drake Boyer. Who wants to know, roll tide, but cheering on Jalen. How cool is it to see so many Alabama fans rooting yeah. for Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts this year? Well, they'll root for him until we play each other is probably the best way to put it. I think it's great. Jalen Hurts is, for good reason, a very popular guy around the country. Not just with Alabama, but everybody's rooting for Jalen Hurts. If what you just suggested <laughs> would happen this year, if somehow in a national semifinal or a national championship game, Oklahoma played Alabama this year with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. It would be one of the most anticipated college football games of all time. There might be a few storylines from that one. One huge one. Maybe one really big one, but that's it. Fun times. Good stuff, man. We're off and running, huh? Let's go. Let's do this. We'll be here every single Monday throughout the 2019 season. And as always, you can find the Sooner Sports Podcast online or online. Online? At Soonersports.com slash podcast. Great work by Zach Tilly. Meg McDonald producing the podcast for Toby. I'm playing. We're going to get Chris in the tanning booth before next week. Till next time, Boomer Sooner, everybody.